Dr. Tracy Viancourt studies learning loss, studies education, studies a great deal about where our schools are at right now. And we had a conversation about getting back to normal, even in an era where we've now got labor strife throughout the province of Ontario. And it may just be the start of it. Maybe this doesn't end necessarily quickly. Well, kids don't have unions to advocate for them. Kids don't get a megaphone to shout about what they need, and they can't negotiate their needs. They count on adults to do it for them. We had a conversation about that on Friday's Toronto Today. She's been able to to champion, um, you know, what we need to do for our kids, and, and these are kids to me from four and five all the way up through university. Uh, she's a professor at University of Ottawa and the Canada Research Chair for School-Based Mental Health and Violence Prevention, as I said, at University of Ottawa. She is Dr. Tracy Viancourt. I love our conversations. We've been trying to get you on for a couple of weeks now, and ironic that we uh, we get you on today on another day when, regardless of where we sit in this in this pitched battle, um, the kids are losers today. It's it's lousy. It really is lousy. I feel for them. I also feel for the parents. It's very frustrating. Did you think we'd end up here in uh, in the summer? We're all planning, you know, uh, getting back to extracurriculars, getting back to field trips, and uh, I'm feeling this tremendous energy. I, I felt it even last year when I went to a grade eight graduation ceremony for my kid. I'm like, okay, this is what it's supposed to feel like again, and and here we are, seven weeks into the school year, and we're and we're here. I was excited for them as well. I honestly was hoping this wouldn't happen. I think that the writing was on the wall, though. Um, It was headed this way. I really wish that we had prioritized children. I feel for the workers. Honestly, they Mm. need to be paid better. I Mm. think most people agree with that. Um, I just wish that our government had prioritized children. Um, They say they are. They say they're trying to uh, keep them in school, and yet here's where we are. You've documented a lot of uh, a lot of articles that have referenced studies, both in Canada and the United States, about learning loss and about the slippage that we've suffered. Whether it's been you know putting our kids online or whether it's just been class days missed, Ontario's led the way in that. How does it how does it make you feel looking at these? Is it um, it it's become a self fulfilling prophecy that that would be the case, uh, or 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 the emotions in general that you feel reading these? It's I get a lot of angst from it. I wonder if you feel the same. I do. I feel a little panic too because oftentimes people think that this is just temporary. That the learning loss that ensued from our school closures, you know, is just something that's temporary and that we're going to be able to make it up. I think we'll, a lot of kids will make it up and many kids are going to be okay, but then there's going to be um, kids that are going to be vulnerable and they're going to be vulnerable for the rest of their life. And that could um, flip into the next generation. Uh, We have a lot of kids who aren't coming to school at all anymore um, that aren't going to meet Mm -hmm. uh, graduation uh, requirements that, um, you know, are just going to drop out altogether. We have a lot of kids who are going to the next level to university and they're really struggling. Um, you know, they don't have the basic skills to do their first year calculus as one example. Then that puts a tremendous amount of pressure on them for what they want to do in the future. Um, you know, their mental health suffers. We just did a big review that um, has been accepted. It's not out yet, but we looked at the temporal relationship between academic achievement and depression. And it goes both ways. Like mm-hmm. sometimes Kids who are depressed do poor at school, but doing poorly at school also leads to depression. And, you know, these, again, doing well at school, you know, that brings you promise for the future, for this generation and next generations. 
Dr. Tracy Vinecourt, our guest. Yeah, you're seeing kids. I mean, you know, to do the math for for our listeners, um, anybody starting a first year university this year, in essence, had their grade 10 year um, blown up with the beginning of the pandemic. And then grade 11 and 12 was very off and on. So are you seeing simply kids struggle academically or is it a combination of academics and socialization in the in those first year uh, in that first year experience? I'm not too sure about the socialization part. I haven't seen really any evidence. There was a really big article that came out in the New York Times just the other day about how these kids, these pandemic kids, adolescents are now at university and it's not going well for some of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, and this is something that my colleagues tell me too. I mean, that's anecdotal and we're going to be needing to look at this more formally, but they're saying that, you know, they just don't have the basic skills to be able to do those first year core uh, courses at university. It's one of those scenarios, too, where I know people have documented uh, the lack of exams and the lack of of testing um, that factors into me as well. I wish even last year, um, Tracy, that that they'd made exams even optional for kids, even as a even as a you know, a trial balloon, a test run. So they get back in the groove of doing that. You remember, and I do too, what the pressure of exams was like. And I don't know that that was necessarily a terrible thing to put on us. I think that it's funny because I think that it is like not the best thing in some ways, right? <laughs> we know that this stress causes um, some people a lot of harm. I still have dreams about my exams in high school. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly I, I need some therapy over that. But um But it's interesting because I was talking to this one university professor about their calculus uh, mean grade of being 56%. And um, I was just reminding them that, like, we can't have this. And it's not to say that we don't expect kids to, you know, you know, there's an expectation. Here's the standard. You meet the standard. This is how it's it's pretty tough at university. But I don't think we have to be this tough because we have Mm. this unprecedented event with kids coming in with the foundation skills being different than they have been in the past. And I think we need to be a bit more nurturing. And I don't know if we're doing that um, very well at the university level. You've documented something that's deemed grade inflation. Um, Tell our audience what it is and why it it can be concerning if it goes too far in one direction. Well, it's interesting because there was an article that came out in the Toronto Star and they showed um, how a lot of school boards in, in the Toronto area mostly had um, unprecedented grades, like so really high grades and uh, the inflation that that likely represents. And it's interesting because I also saw a few people argue, well, there you have it. Like you see the school closures didn't affect kids. Look at their grades. They're so high. Um, yeah, any deviation high or low to me suggests that something's amiss because grades are so incredibly stable. We know that from our research. We know that from decades of research. So, you know, your best predictor of your grade 11 grade is your grade 10 grade. So the implications of this, again, is that you have this falsehood. You're coming into the next level with this expectation that this is how you're achieving. And then let's just say you come in with an A plus in grade 12 uh, physics. You take your first year of physics at the university level and you get a solid C minus. Um, That's going to cause problems. That's going to make you anxious about, you know, how you're performing and what this means for your future. Um, You might get frustrated and the like. We need like a true representation of how individuals are performing so that they know what their deficits are and what their strengths are, and then we can work on them accordingly. 
it's interesting you say that because I also felt a low grade can really be a wake up call when a teacher's like, this is what you're getting. And I know you're not applying yourself. That's that can be a bucket of cold water to the face for a student. It's not often it's not always terrible, is it? Well, it calls attention to something that's wrong, right? It mm-hmm. says, you know, either, um, and it doesn't always have to be the student. Like, so again, like sometimes if you're loud and proud about your class average being 56% as a professor or as a teacher, I think that probably the issue resides with you. Mm-hmm. We would expect a more normal distribution on that. Um, so, you, you know, it might call attention to the teacher needs to apply themselves in a different way so that their students understand the material. Um, it may call attention to the individual that they need to study more or they might need to have some supplemental help um, so that they could get through the material. It's it's a like a bat single, right? <laughs> Something something's off mm. on this. Um, but like I just think that um, we're so we're so ready to find any single um, that conforms to our viewpoint that the pandemic hurt kids or didn't hurt kids that uh, we'll even go as far as to use grade inflation as an indicator that the kids are okay, when that is not the indicator at all. No, it, does it not it, suggests that. No, and then there is that entire other layer that I suppose is tough to do data-wise. You could survey kids about socialization and confidence, but that's just something that's just something you see. Like like kids either have that sort of it factor and have that sort of swagger. Or they don't. And and uh, and you and I would have gone to school with kids that just you're like, there's something that, you know, that 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 boy or girl just has that cockiness and confidence. And I don't doubt the pandemic's impacted that to a great extent with kids. Some kids did better during the pandemic. They absolutely did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but we can't use those kids is like um, basically our indicator of apathy. Like, OK, so some kids did well, so we can ignore everybody else. So my concern about the strike today and, and if it continues on in the future is that we know that the kids who are most vulnerable before the pandemic were even more vulnerable during the pandemic. Mm. We know that learning loss uh, disproportionately affects kids who are vulnerable to begin with. Um, we often think about, oh, it's just one day or it might be a few days, but those kids are nested within families that are stressed out by these disruptions. And being in a family that's stressed out is not good yeah. for kids either. So we have to think about this um, from an equity point of view. We have to think about this, um, it, you know, in a bigger sense of just not just the kid, um, but the kid and how they're nested within family that's now stressed out and how mm. that then um, affects everybody within that unit. Yeah, it's a domino effect. Dr. Tracy Viancourt's our guest. I got about a minute here, but I talked about this yesterday on the show. Uh, Bob Berarda uh, got sentenced to... Um, two years uh, with with kind of a slap on the wrist to me, to me with the last eight months being uh, house arrest. He's a former Vancouver Whitecaps and national women's team soccer coach. I ask you because you deal with soccer so regularly. You're so passionate about the sport. So am I. And you coach so many young women and make their lives better through sport. Um, I, I, I was beside myself with the uh, with the, uh, the the justice or lack thereof that he got. What was your response to it? I thought it was unfortunate like it was too short but it's always too short when it comes to the abuse of children and women i would um urge you to look up peter whitmore's criminal history and tell me um how we value children in our country when we have people who are repeated offenders against them receive really really small 
sentences. Yeah. And in those sentences, we should certainly make it clear they're never to work, never to work with kids or teenagers again. We fell down on that with uh, Graham James way back when, and I'm not sure we've uh, we've fixed it. Hey, Dr. Viancourt, I love our conversations. I want you to have a great weekend. Thanks so much. Enjoy the good weather as well. And uh, and I'll talk to you down the line. Sounds good. Take care. Bye bye. Okay, Dr. Tracy Viancourt, our guest.